Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. However, you got our show today by downloading from our website at techcentral.ie or using a smartphone podcast app or indeed listening on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1 Extra. Thank you so much for having us. On this week's show, we're focusing on two really big events that are happening next week. In about 10 minutes, I'm going to be chatting to Mary Cleary from the Irish Computer Society to find out about Tech Week which is happening all next week. But first, we talk an awful lot, as you know, about virtual reality and augmented reality here in the show. And as fun as these things are, it's the practical and commercial implementation of these new realities is what's going to take them from being playthings to very, very real things. Next Thursday at Croke Park in Dublin, there's a gathering to showcase just that and kicking around ideas for business cases for using virtual and augmented reality in our everyday lives. The conference is called ARVR Innovate and one of the organisers, Alex Gibson, joins me now. Alex, the obvious application for augmented or virtual realities in games, but there are other applications. Give, give us some ideas for VR or AR. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there are lots of uh, practical uses. The, the tagline for our conference is where AR and VR gets down to business. And, and that's where I come at it from. I'm uh, an academic. I teach marketing in DIT. And I first got interested in augmented reality a couple of years ago when I was at a, a big conference in the States called AWE, which takes place uh, every June in, in Santa Clara. And there the focus was on augmented reality. And my interest was on how augmented reality can help in the tourism sector. Uh, so, for example, we're certainly seeing the emergence now of a number of apps that allow tourists to navigate around places and spaces that animate what they're looking at. So, so for example, uh, in places like York, uh, the National, the British Museum would be a good example where I visited. You can actually you know, look at something like a statue and through your mobile device your, your, or your tablet, you can get layers of information about what you're looking at. And that's really important for, in the tourism area at lots of different levels. For example, tourists can get multiple languages, information about what they're looking at. Uh, in the British Museum, they have a fantastic AR app called A Tale of Athena, which is centered in the Greek room there, and it's targeted at children. Mm-hmm. And it allows the children to look at these fairly, you know, dull sandstone uh, statues, and they literally come to life in front of them, telling them in animated format the story of what they're looking at, and they've built gamification around it so children can go around different parts of the museum uh, to, as it were, collect points and uh, do puzzles, etc. And they found that it's had a dramatic impact on the amount of time that children spend in that space. So tourism is an area where, in a practical sense, there are opportunities. We've seen more recently here in Ireland with virtual reality. Uh, Falsh Ireland have uh, launched a, a virtual reality app that runs on the Samsung Gear where you can visit, inverted commas, uh, one of up to six, I think it is, points along the Wild Atlantic Way. And so certainly in tourism, which is my own research area, I see huge opportunity for AR and VR to both help tourists navigate their space and animate and understand what they're looking at, uh, but also uh, to sample in a way. Uh, far distant places to get a sense of what they're doing. We're seeing cruise companies, for example, starting to do this as well. So tourism is an obvious one. Uh, one that might be as obvious to your listeners because, you know, you're right when you, when you say that people immediately grab onto 
virtual reality and gaming. And of course, there's a lot of hype and we're seeing, we're about to see later this year, as you know, quite a lot of uh, launches, uh, HTC Vive. And uh, I suppose there's a lot of excitement around Sony's uh, PlayStation VR, which is due out before Christmas. But actually, the people who are making money right now in this space are uh, companies in the industrial and enterprise area. Maybe not the most glamorous part, but working with big engineering companies, industrial companies, to create uh, products like uh, Daiquiri Smart Helmet, which is, uh, to all intents and purposes, looks like a construction helmet but has a visor built on it, where people can get layers of information on complex machinery that they're working on and improve their efficiency and accuracy. Uh, And so I think there's a lot of scope around engineering. Uh, We're seeing that already. Uh, Construction is an area where there's a huge interest in using augmented reality in particular to help architects sell uh, product, sell building concepts to customers Mm -hmm. so you can bring somebody to a a vacant space and through the magic of your tablet and an app, you can actually see virtually uh, a building in that space. You can play around with the various dimensions. You Mm -hmm. can say, what if it was three stories, four stories? So this idea of visualization uh, of uh, 3D models is an area that's uh, expanding rapidly. So there are very few areas where you can't see it commercialized, but if I was to point to the the near future, I do think it's actually probably in the industrial and in in enterprise areas that we'll see the biggest investment in the short term, partly because Mm -hmm. the cost of the technology at the moment is quite expensive, as you know. Uh, even people were getting very excited about Oculus. You know, I think their expectations were tempered a little bit when they saw the price point, but also the fact that they need probably a 1500 quid PC to run it. Why is it so expensive? Because you've given some really good examples there. You know, the kids going around the museum and, and Google had their own uh, version for 1916 where you could go to various points in Dublin and would say, this is the general post office and it'll show you pictures of then. And of course, you're able to see it now. Or yeah. we had a, a story here. You were saying about estate agents showing empty spaces. I think what one Irish estate agent is doing a virtual tour of houses that they have uh, for sale. All those things seem kind of like very doable to me. Why, why is, it, is it so expensive to do uh, AR or VR? I think there's a couple of VR. I I think a lot of it is to do with uh, just lack of scale at the moment and, you know, the the principle of Moore's law. The reality is that what's quite expensive on some of the the technology, particularly in AR, are the the chips that that are needed to run these things. So uh, that's definitely a factor. Uh, That's probably the single most expensive component in in these devices. Mm. So AR glasses for companies like um, Meta Glasses and um, Epson Moveria would be quite well-known ones. You know, they're typically 15 under 2,000 quid. So it's not something that the general public is going to use, but mm. certainly in, in industrial enterprise um, uh, applications, we're, we're seeing interest in them. Um, it's like everything, I think. Any lead market, you'll, you'll have early adopters. So there's an element of both the cost to produce is high because of the low production runs. And secondly, they know there's a degree of price insensitivity among early adopters in whatever product it is. So, you know, there will be people out there mm. quite happy to pay for these Oculus sets. There will be people paying five, six hundred quid for their uh, PlayStation VR. And that's a general marketing strategy that's called price skimming, looking at, you know, that the people are prepared to pay be early adopters in the marketplace yeah. t- tend to be less price sensitive so they'll they'll develop and roll out the technology to those markets in the first instance so tell me about uh, AR VR Innovate because I mean I'm learning a huge amount and uh, in just two questions <laughs> what could I learn in an entire day down in Croke Park uh, uh, next week um, tell me the, the AR VR Innovate if this is not the uh, the first year that you have run it how long has it had been in existence 
You're right. It's actually in its third year now. Third it's year. growing strongly each year. Um, the idea came to me when I attended the US uh, AWE conference and saw just how uh, there was a real hunger for people to find out how could this technology work. There are a lot of developer-led conferences in Europe in this space. Uh, my perspective is unashamedly commercial. I'm looking at how does this work for businesses and, and, and companies. So this year, it's, it's evolved a little bit more. Last year, the year before, was called AR Marketing, and we certainly had a lot of case studies for the marketing and advertising that community. This year, the title has been changed to ARV or Innovate to reflect the fact that we have features this year on some of the sectors I mentioned earlier, such as um, industrial engineering, construction, as well as uh, continuing to showcase great examples from the world of marketing with companies like John Lewis and Coca-Cola and Littlewoods, uh, real innovations that those companies are doing. And of course, VR is in the title because in practical terms, the general public and where there's awareness among companies, as you said yourself, giving an example there of uh, it was Sherry Fitzgerald in the, in, the, in the real estate business. There's a huge hype around VR at the moment. And the reality is there will be real products that will be accessible to the public by the end of this year see, in th- terms of VR. This is what I think is very interesting because, you know, people say it's hype and it's a gimmick and all that kind of stuff. But when I hear about, you know, AR, augmented reality or virtual reality, I'm, I'm thinking of a guy, right, just a worker who is up uh, like an ESB pylon needing to fix something. All right. Um, but he doesn't have the information or whatever. He comes across a problem and he's wearing one of these helmets, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got a visor over it. And he's, he's a bit like Trinity in the Matrix. He goes, how do I do that? Hang on a minute. Taps his helmet. Yep. <laughs> Come, comes up on the screen, gives him the answer, and he's able to do the job. And I mean, that that in itself is well worth two grand for a helmet. Well, uh, you're, sp- you're spot on there. I mean, one of the, the companies that I'm a huge admirer of, and they are headline partner of the conference, is a company called Dacry. Um, Dacry actually have their international headquarters here in Dublin and they've been a great success story in the in the world of augmented reality. They have a product called Smart Helmet as it's termed and that's exactly what it does. It allows people to uh, see complex information without the need to keep consulting with their phone or their tablet and one of the maybe side effects of this that isn't so obvious in a way as well as obviously improving productivity is it actually improves employee satisfaction they found because employees are making less errors because as you can imagine yourself going between any two documents you know yourself if you're working off a printed sheet and then putting figures into Excel or whatever, there's room for error. It's much, much less uh, apparent the room for error when the information is right in front of you and you have your two hands free to keep working on the material or the box that you're talking about up the pole. So you, you can see all those, uh, those advantages. The, the satisfaction of employees is increasing as well as their efficiency. So there is definitely a lot that can be done with augmented reality or virtual reality in a very practical way uh, for, for helping people to make money or to do their jobs uh, more effectively. You're in your third year of the uh, conference or the exhibition or the, of the day at the moment. Um, you're going to have some pretty cool things to show people. Tell me what's going to be there on the day. Yeah, we've some cool things to show in terms of uh, latest technology. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll have Oculus. We'll have the um, we'll have some product there from uh, Samsung. I can't say too much quite yet about this. But we'll have some new product there. We'll also have uh, some product in terms of uh, Sony Moveria. Sorry. Um, uh, Moverio glasses from Epson, which are really state-of-the-art uh, in, in that respect, as well as um, 
some AR uh, companies who specialize, for example, Simagin, who specialize in using AR for retail. So they work with Littlewoods in the UK. So if you go into any Littlewoods store in the furnishings department, mm. their staff are trained with a tablet to take any piece of furniture there. And if you say, I, I like that settee, but I don't like the green version, they can say, well, let's have a look at it in, in blue or whatever your home color is in, in, your, in your room, etc. So they're a really interesting company. Uh, we've got companies uh, such as AREXM, who specialize in augmented reality at events and festivals. Uh, we've got Dara Anglam, who'll be speaking from Fall to Ireland. I'm particularly excited about our keynote speaker. I really do want to quickly uh, mention Don Levy. Don Levy uh, spent 17 years working with Sony Digital Pictures and was uh, head of uh, marketing and entertainment there. They were... Oscar winners on lots and lots of films that have amazing visual effects, including, for example, Spider-Man and uh, Avatar. So he's somebody who's really well-placed to take a view on how AR and VR are going to pan out, not just in the entertainment industry, where, as you know, there's enormous excitement in entertainment and broadcasting about VR, but in the broader uh, way that these technologies can impact on all our lives. Now, uh, Alex, I have to, uh, I do have to mention, I hope you don't mind me saying so, I mean, you're, uh, you're an excellent marketing guy, but you've got a tech head on you and you're looking at the way tech and how we can sell it and get it across to people. And it's very interesting. Uh, and this is a lot of stuff that you do uh, because, like myself, You've got your own podcast. Oh, thank so, you. I, thank you for the opportunity to plug it unashamedly, <laughs> which I will take. Well, there you go. Well, if people are interested in marketing, you know, on a bit of a technical angle on it, but somebody who yeah. knows what they're talking about, tell us quickly about the podcast. Yeah, my podcast, my radio show, which goes out in Dublin City FM every week, is called The Persuaders. But if people want to check out the past episodes. There's over 300 of them. As you say, I, I, I hope I have a perspective on how technology can help the marketing community. So I cover a lot of technology and marketing and MarTech, as it's called, related topics. So people can get the past episodes if they go to the website for, that, for the show, which is quite easy to remember. It's persuadersonline.com. All right, there you go. Listen, uh, ARVR Innovate is, uh, is on next Thursday, 28th of April at Croke Park. You can find out more information about the conference itself and also register for tickets. And the website address, Alex, is... InnovateReality.com This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Another event happening all next week is Tech Week, an official nationwide festival of technology aimed at students and parents and, of course, the public in general. Last year, over 100,000 people took part and we're hoping to make that number even bigger this year. To tell us more, I'm joined by the Deputy CEO of the Irish Computer Society, Mary Cleary. Mary, tell us, what is the purpose of Tech Week? Well, Tech Week is really a celebration of everything to do with technology that takes place in Irish society. And we know we're a very technological society and we have a lot of the big tech companies headquartered in Ireland, etc. And there's a huge amount of activity going on within the educational system, in society at large, with youth groups, uh, as well as in the professional sphere. So what Tech Week attempts to do is to put a focus on everything to do with technology for one week in the year. And it grew out of the idea of of STEM. We we talk about STEM, um, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. And, you know, for for a long number of years now, we've had a science week and we've had a maths week and we've had an engineering week. So three years ago, we decided, well, we should have a tech week as well. And put it all together. And are you targeting it really at, um, who would you say is kind of the biggest group that you're targeting at? Is it school kids, secondary school, primary school or uh, people older than that? Well, 
we, we, when we started off the first year, it was almost exclusively aimed at, at secondary school students. Right. But it's gradually um, grown to include primary school students more and more. And primary school students are probably at least 50% of the student audience that we, uh, that we talk to. We also are targeting some of our activities at third level students because we're looking at the, 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 the young professionals um, who are, are, are coming out into the workplace in, in the, the, the short term. But, um, but as well as the students and the young people, we also have a very key event called IT Professionals Day. And that's the very first day of Tech Week. And it's Monday, the 25th of, uh, of April. And on that day, we have some support from the European Commission. We have one of the um, uh, uh, chief policy officers, Andre Richier, coming over to join us. And we will gather together some IT professionals and we'll celebrate them and their work and their contribution to Irish society. So that's one end of it. And then the other end of it is the young people, the education system and growing that tech talent that we need to take advantage of all the opportunities that are ahead of us in technology. So you were saying when you started it, it was what, uh, three years ago, was it? Three, this is the third one, third, yes. Third one, all right. So when you started, it was kind of generally for, say, a second secondary school students. Now it's growing and it's getting IT professionals, uh, primary people. And, and as I said, 100,000 people took part uh, last year. Exactly. But you've also got some really big names in, in, involved. I mean, the European Commission are coming over for it. Fantastic. What right. other kind of other big sponsors and names are, are involved in Tech Week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, we, we have um, Science Foundation Ireland, I suppose, are our, mm. our chief supporting um, organisation and, and uh, they're obviously uh, involved in all sorts of different STEM activities and they've given us a lot of support and encouragement to get this, this moving. Um, Salesforce and Google and Puka um, are three organisations that have also given us um, significant support for this, along with our own organisation, ICS Foundation, which is the charitable um, end of the Irish Computer Society. We're, we're a, a, not a, a registered charity and any um, uh, revenue which we um, make in the course of our uh, training certification business, we reinvest entirely into um, uh, outreach activities for the development of digital literacy and technology in society. Give me an idea of the kind of events that are going to be going on during Tech Week. Yes, well, there are lots of very exciting events going on in schools around the country. Um, for example, in some of our primary schools, we have uh, students getting involved in coding projects, some little competitions based uh, to, in, to some extent on the, uh, the Google CS first materials, also based on Scratch, the, the visual programming language. And we've provided schools with, um, with materials right throughout the year to get them started and up and running, giving them guidelines on how to get involved in Scratch. And of course, we'll be holding the final of the National Scratch competition during the, the grand finale day on the third. Thursday of Tech Week. So that's, that, that's one, one idea of um, the sorts of things that will be going on. Also in primary schools, there'll be students uh, creating digital stories using um, uh, video and audio to put their little stories together mm. and um, using the technology skills that they're picking up as they're, as they're working through their curriculum mm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And here's what I love about what you're doing and what's available on your website at uh, techweek.ie because it's great to hear about these things and events are going on and then you kind of think, oh no, I've got to do something else that day or I won't be able to make it or I'm going to miss out. But if you go to techweek.ie, there's a tech activity pack there yes. uh, where you can actually start something yourself uh, with a number of people or if you're a teacher in a classroom or something like that. What kind of stuff is in the uh, activity pack? Absolutely. Well, the, the activity pack is um, a set of, I suppose they're like lessons 
lessons that a, that a teacher can run with a, with a class group mm. of students or students can pick it up themselves and they can, um, uh, they, they can work through some of the activities mm. that are there before. So, um, so uh, for example, um, there, there, there are some activities based on, um, on a European um, uh, project called Bebrus. And Bebrus is around computational thinking and logical thought and working things out and, and uh, you know, trying to get engaged in the kind of thinking that would be behind uh, uh, coding. Hmm. So, um, so there are little activities where there are puzzles, I suppose, and uh, students have to uh, look at the at diagrams and figure out um, you know, maybe opening valves so that liquid can flow from one tube to another tube mm. and this kind of thing so that mm. there's a, a very logical basis to solving a problem. So that's, and that's quite exciting and ch- uh, groups of children can compete against each other mm. um, for, for doing those, um, those kinds of activities. I mentioned Scratch and there are lots of, um, of uh, activities related to Scratch and, and programming, doing simple programming based on Scratch. There are also activities which are based on the Internet of Things and trying to get students and young people to understand that so many of the things that they use in their everyday lives are actually computers. So it's not just their computer and their tablet and their phone, but their fridge and their microwave and, um, you know, everything nearly that they, that they, they um, interact with. Um, in their home has some type of um, of a little chip or a little bit of computing power within it. So the idea is really to um, to give students the idea and the understanding that technology is very is pervasive, and it's not just um, of interest to them from the point of view of being consumers and um, you know using their smartphone or using their tablet to get entertainment or to get information, but it's it aims at helping them to understand that behind the scenes that there is actually a set of instructions that somebody has to create and has to understand how they work and has to be able to uh, put the sequence of events in place so that the computer or the phone or the the object which has a little bit of a computer inside in it can actually perform and act in the way we expect it to. It all sounds fun. And the fact that the uh, the tech activity pack is encouraging kids to kind of get into that kind of thinking, I think it's just, uh, it's awesome. The website is definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's uh, techweek.ie. Uh, you'll find out more about that. But for now, uh, Deputy CEO of the Irish Computer Society, Mary Cleary, thanks for telling us all. You're very welcome. Now, that is it for our show this week. Do remember, you can get all the Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters, and more from techcentral.ie, as well as our weekly tech radio show online. And every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, for myself, Dusty Rhodes, thanks so much for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.